0: We fight for power, for riches, for rights, or for freedom. There always seems to be something to fight for. But one thing has remained true of every war. Behind the field of battle, someone has developed a strategy. This was part of my husband's role in the army. He would look at what the enemy was doing, then begin putting together the resources and a plan to fight against them. He was a crucial part of this process until a heart attack claimed his life. That was a hard time for me and our son. I was reminded that death is a part of life and that the life we're given should never be taken for granted. It's been 40 years since Leo passed, but I still hold on to the many lessons I learned from that time. I find myself amazed that of the many battles we engage in today, be it money, control, or matters of the heart. Very few of us know how to fight the right way or understand who we're really fighting against. To win any battle, you've got to have the right strategy and resources, because victories don't come by accident.
1: Church, let's give Karen Abercrombie, Miss Claire, a warm Colts Community Church welcome. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So, Karen, it's a joy to have you here tonight. As you know, we were supposed to do this uh, event last Wednesday, and uh, we couldn't because there was a hurricane, Hurricane Florence, and did anyone notice, now I know there's a lot of damage that was done, but it went from a Category 5 to a tropical storm within hours, and I'm thinking to myself, Miss Claire is praying right now, right? (laughs) She was in her war room. But Karen, how are you doing? How did, how did your family get through the storm? Okay. Uh,
0: everybody, we did, we did well. We got rain and some strong winds, but uh, the people on the coast uh, were the ones that got the brunt of it, and they're still going through it. So we're keeping them lifted up in prayer.
1: Amen. Amen. And, and hopefully our church will be able to even send down a disaster relief team to help assist those people. But let's keep praying, as we will at the end of tonight's uh, presentation, for all those people hurt and hurting down in North Carolina. So, Karen, as we mentioned, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, This movie, War Room, how many people people here have seen the movie War Room? Now, when you saw the movie War Room, were you expecting a military movie? (laughs) It is about war, and this is what made the movie so powerful, is that even here in the United States of America, where we enjoy so much freedom and peace, it feels like we're fighting a daily battle. Why is that? So Karen, my first question here tonight is this movie was such an inspiration to so many people. What about the movie and what about Miss Clara do you think inspired so many?
0: I, I, I think that people, uh, the way everything was portrayed in the movie, people got to see the power of prayer. Many times we, 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 we're just not aware of how powerful prayer really is. Um, but when you get down on your knees and you've got that open communication with the Creator, and and it is then that you can work on all cylinders, and then you can call forth for that power that He makes available to us. Uh, then we we can we can raise the dead, we can change the world. Amen. There is nothing that we can't do. Amen. Amen.
1: So it wasn't just a movie about a family which was wonderful and inspiring. It wasn't even a movie about this wonderful faithful woman and her story, but what is inspiring about the movie truly is the gift of prayer. Yes. And to see in the context of this married couple, the context of Miss Clara, and to think of ourselves as we watch it, and to think how can we as Christians see this kind of transformation in our lives? So Karen, what have you seen from people as they watch the movie and how it's impacted them and their families, and their marriages, as it moves beyond the movie theater into the kitchen? Um, How have you seen this this story and this testimony impact lives?
0: Um, People contact me all the time um, through uh, email or Facebook, just telling me how it impacted uh, their children, uh, their husbands, or their wives, and um, once you allow prayer in, uh, you're allowing God in, you're trusting him to uh, handle the issue for you. Because honestly, there are no better pair of hands than to lay all your burdens in, than the hands that created the, the, the all life, you know, Amen. laid the planets out, the sun, the moon, the stars. Praise
1: God. Yeah. So uh, what you can see already is that it was a joy for me to get to know Karen. And then obviously, Miss Clara is a character in the movie. But Miss Karen loves prayer and loves Jesus just as much as Miss Clara does. And that's a true joy to see that. So praise God. So uh, let's hear about that, Karen, if you don't mind. How did, how did Karen come to know Christ? And then how did Karen get the role as Miss Clara? Okay. Do we have a few minutes here? You got plenty of time.
0: <laughs> okay. You got all night. Okay. Now, 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 it's interesting, and I'll, I'll, I'll start out with saying, know this, people, God is not a respecter of people. And what he's done for one, he will do for all. I gave my life to Christ as a very uh, young girl. I was seven years old. My Aunt Vine had a children's ministry called the Sunshine Band. She's 92 now. And she's on fire for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> she is. And, um, anyway, she would take her little flannel board, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and the little animals, into the different neighborhoods of the, uh, children that didn't go to church. I was one of them. My father was her brother. My father was an alcoholic. My mother was an alcoholic and an, uh, IV drug user. And so growing up, we saw some crazy stuff, but, um... Once I gave my life to Christ, you couldn't keep me out of church. I I was there, I was on the little uh, drama team at church. The the choir, we had a kick butt children's choir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious, we, we, we were pretty good and we would travel around singing to different churches. And so every time I could be at church, I was at church until I turned 17. And then I became quite the party girl. I left my house on a Friday night on my way to your house, on my way to her house after your house, his house after your house, your house after his house. And the only reason I didn't make it to your house is because I simply ran out of time. (laughs) There are only so many hours in a day, but you see, even though I turned away from God, He never turned away from me. And even though I was out there, the party girl, you open up the dictionary, look under party girl, there I was. (laughs) But even though I was out there partying, I could feel the spirit of God around me. And I started walking back to Christ in my 20s, and and sometimes it was 100 steps forward and then 50 backwards, some to the left, some to the right, but I'm still walking and I want to walk so close, be so wrapped up into him that you can't tell me from God. I want to be so entwined, so meshed, you know? So uh, to think that then he would use the ex-party girl to take the message of prayer around the world. It, it, it humbles me, it moves me. Because when he, everybody in this room, he's loved you into existence. And he's the God of all creation. He's all wise, all knowing God. So he knew what you would do when he got here. He knew what your shortcomings would be. But you see, it didn't stop him He made a way for you to spend an eternity with him. You know, because he wanted to spend an eternity with you. So I said all that to say this. Yes, uh, he is not a respecter of people. So don't let what you've done in your past block what he wants to do right now in your future.
1: Praise
0: God. God. See, I can go on and on. So anyway, um, how, <laughs> how, how I got involved in War Room, I, I, t- it was a divine appointment. It was an answer to prayer. I had gone to a women of faith conference. And in between the different women speaking, there was this incredible actress. Her name is Nicole Johnson. She would do different scenes and monologues between the different women speaking. And I was like, oh my goodness. Lord God, if you would just allow me to do what she's doing, I'll give you everything I have. I didn't want to be her, but I did want to use my gift in excellence unto the Lord the way she was doing it. So the years went by, whether I was in New York doing theater or out in Los Angeles doing some stuff, I I gave everything I had unto the Lord. And then uh, me and my husband, we decided to leave LA, and we moved to the southeast and uh, a little tiny town about this big, north of Charlotte, called Mooresville. And who <laughs> clapped?
1: <laughs> Somebody's from Mooresville. Somebody
0: knows Mooresville. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we were house hunting. And, and I, it, I got to the point where I felt like we had seen 3,467 houses and gone through maybe a million realtors. And at this point I was like, oh, oh, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done! And then something I later found out, it was the Holy Spirit said, call that last realtor on the page. I called her up, her name is Donna Cente. She came out and she showed us a house that we wanted to see. As soon as she got out of her car, there was something about her. You know you meet some people and there's just something about them. Well, she was one of them. So anyway, she shows us the house, and she's leaving, and she says, so where are you guys going to church? I said, honestly, we've been visiting many churches, and we uh, haven't gone to one that we felt God wanted us to stay. And she said, okay. She said, well, why don't you come down to our church this Sunday? She gave me the address, and we went. We walked in those doors. The Spirit of God was thick in there the worship was anointed, the doctrine was sound. And before I knew it, I was involved on the worship team, the drama team, writing and directing dramas. (laughs) And then in year number eight, a gentleman from the church said, Karen, the Kendrick brothers are gonna be making a movie. I think you should send a picture and a resume. And I sent a picture and resume and I didn't hear anything from them. A couple weeks went by and he said, well, have you heard anything from the Kendrick brothers? I said, no. He said, well, that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. Because they're going to be holding auditions next week here at our church. Wow. <laughs> so he said, I'm going to send you some dialogue to look over, go to your computer. So I went to the computer And um, I'm waiting, it was dial-up. It was a long time, I'm waiting. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the email finally comes up and I I start to read Miss Clara's words. And I could immediately, I heard her voice reading back to me. Being an actor, um, you have to put different pieces together to make a believable three-dimensional character, but I heard her voice reading back at me. And on the day of the audition, I went to my closet and I found some clothes that I thought would be appropriate for an 80-year-old woman. (laughs) And I went to another closet and I chose a wig that I thought would work. I've got a lot of wigs. (laughs) And on the day of the audition, I walked in in character. And I stayed in character the entire time. And when I was through, the room was silent. And then after a while, Alex Kendrick, the brother that directs, asked me to give my testimony. And I gave my testimony. I gave all of my testimony. (laughs) (laughs) The truth sets you free. (laughs) And so um, then I left. I went home, and I got settled in a little bit, and then the phone rang, and they were offering me the role of Miss Clara. But now, mind you, at this point, they were only two weeks away from the cameras rolling. They had interviewed and auditioned well-known gospel singers and actresses from Hollywood, but every time they prayed, God kept telling them no because you see, it was time for my Heavenly Father to answer the prayer that I had put up to him 13 years prior. 13 years, and I say that to say this to you, my sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, if there by chance is anything that you've been praying for and the years seem to keep going on and on and on and on. And you're feeling like it's falling on deaf ears. It's quite the contrary. Your heavenly father cares about everything that matters to you. Amen. God. He knows every tear you've cried, every, every, every fear you've ever had. And it all matters to him. And he will answer your prayer, but it might not be the way you want him to. He's all-wise, all-knowing God. And he can see into the future. He can see around the corner. And he will always answer the way that it is best for you. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I love your smile and I love your eyes. strategic in everything that he does, and not only did he direct me to that little tiny town in Mooresville and answer that prayer 13 years, I, 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 I asked myself a couple of times, well, why 13 years? But Because is it possible that I wasn't ready? Is it possible that I needed some refining and some tweaking before I could carry the message of prayer, uh, before I could deliver that the way he wanted me to? And then on the other hand, I found out that the Kendrick brothers, God had been stirring in their spirits for many years, uh, wanting them to write a movie about prayer. But you see, I had to get my stuff together, and then they had to sit down and write the movie and then when the time was perfect he took me there he brought them here and it was the perfect time to bring us together to birth what God had predestined for us to do so yeah yeah
1: amen praise God well I think that covers it for tonight (laughs) thank you
0: that's why I said
1: amen all right. Well, how, how, how interesting that um, part of Karen's story about going through a realtor is part of the war room story, too. So we're going to watch. It is true. It's amazing. So we're going to watch the next clip and we're going to talk a lot tonight about Miss Claire's interaction with Elizabeth and then Elizabeth's relationship with her husband. And what is so moving about this movie is that you have two couples or two, I should say, one couple and two people that are on the verge of calling it quits. And we see the power of prayer not just in a church building, but in a local family, transform hearts and lives. So let's take a look at this next clip. This is Miss Clara sitting down with real estate agent Elizabeth.
0: I appreciate you coming this morning. Coffee will be ready in a couple of minutes. Oh,
2: sounds good.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Now, I ran a sales report from the area. Wrote down the suggested asking price for the house. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what did you say your husband did for a living? Um, well, we actually haven't talked about that, but he's a sales rep for Brightwell Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, where did you say you attended church? Well, we occasionally attend Riverdale Community. Mm-hmm. So you would say you know the Lord? Yes, I would say I know the Lord. You think the Lord is okay with this asking price? <laughs> And you have children? Miss Clara, my husband Tony and I have been married for 16 years. We have one daughter, her name is Danielle, and she's 10. She enjoys pop music and ice cream and jumping rope. Oh. Well that, that's
0: good to know. Mm-hmm. Now, you say you attend church occasionally. Is that because your pastor only preaches occasionally? Miss <laughs> Clara,
2: I really would like to help you sell your house. That's why I'm here. As far as my faith is concerned, I believe in God, just like most people. He's very important to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let me get our coffee. (laughs) So if I asked you what your prayer life was like, would you say that it was hot or cold?
2: I don't know that I would say it's hot. I mean, we're like most people. We have full schedules. We work. But I I would consider myself a spiritual person. I'm not hot, but I'm not cold either. Just, you know, somewhere in the middle. Here you go.
0: I've got cream or sugar if you need it. Oh,
2: no thank you. I like it black. Miss Clara, you like your coffee room temperature?
0: No, baby, mine's hot. And here's a drink. People drink their coffee, hot or cold. But nobody likes it lukewarm. Not even the Lord.
2: Point taken, Miss Clara. But why do you feel the need to examine my personal life? Because
0: I've been where you are. And you don't have to step on the same landmines that I did. That's a waste of time. And this asking price is just fine. Let me get you a hot cup of coffee. (laughs) I was a little sneaky last time. (laughs) What
2: landmines do you think I might step on? You tell me.
0: Now, if there was one thing in your life that you could make better, what would it be? Just one?
2: Well, i probably have to say my marriage. If there's one thing we do well, it's fight.
0: No, I don't think you do. I'm sorry? Just because you argue a lot doesn't mean that you fight well. Every couple has some friction every now and then. But I bet that you never feel like you won after you had an argument with your husband. Can I ask you how much you pray for your husband? Uh, (laughs) well, very little. Elizabeth, I think it's time for me to show you my favorite place in this house. Now this is where I do my fighting. A closet. I call it my war room.
2: So, so you wrote prayers for each area of your life? A prayer
0: strategy? Yes. Now, I used to do what you and your husband are doing, but it got me nowhere. And then I really started studying what the scriptures say. And God showed me that it wasn't my job to do the heavy lifting, no. That was something that only he could do. It was my job to seek him, to trust him, and to stand on his word. Miss Clara, I've never seen anything like this. And I admire it, I really do. I just... I don't have time to pray that much every day. But you apparently have time to fight losing battles with your husband. Elizabeth, if you will give me one hour a week, I can teach you how to fight the right way with the right weapons.
2: Since you're good with the asking price, I'll go ahead and list the house. I'd, uh,.
0: <laughs> like to think about our other discussion. Elizabeth, please forgive me for being so direct, but I see in you a warrior that needs to be awakened. But I, I will respect whatever decision you make. Thank you, Miss Clara. I hope you have a good day. You too. Don't let me push too hard, Lord. I know
1: I got a big mouth. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, Karen, there was a lot in that clip. Uh, We love the coffee imagery. You know, we like our coffee hot, but our prayer lukewarm. Uh, I love how uh, Miss Clara said that yes, you're arguing, but you're not fighting. And then she shows Elizabeth where she's truly doing the battle in her war room. Is there anything from this clip that you want to expound upon, encourage our people with? Even as we watch the movie and we know this is true, we know this is right. How do we make it happen in our own lives? What would you say?
0: Prayer is a strategy. And uh, the more time... What God wants from each of us is that one-on-one. He wants that intimacy. But you see, it's impossible to be intimate with someone you spend no time with. But the adversary is well aware of more than you realize. He, he, I believe he's got an inkling uh, as... About, you know, concerning the gifts that you have been given. And so if he can keep you so confounded and so busy and so caught up that you don't spend time on your knees. Then he knows he doesn't have to worry about a battle with you. Because he knows that that is where you get fueled up. That is where you get your strength. That is where you get everything that you need in that one-on-one relationship with the Father. I believe he also knows. No, you should know. He fears you. He fears you. But. He doesn't have to if you're not working on all cylinders. He knows that when you are, when you are working on all cylinders and you're clear on who God is and who he says he is. And then you're clear on who you are because you see your true identity is in Christ. But he knows that when you know that you know that you know that you know, then you have the power to then step on his neck and cut off his air supply. But if he can keep us backbiting and gossiping and out of uh, the way, out of alignment, then he doesn't have to worry about us. I always tell people then he can sit in Starbucks, order a double-triple latte with cinnamon and sprinkles and just watch us kill each other, hold each other down. But yeah, he's afraid of you. And that's why he's so uh, after you, you know, 24-7 to keep you out of alignment and from using the gifts you've been given for such a time as right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I heard somebody once say, and I think it's true, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. So Elizabeth's
1: character, In this story, is probably a character that many of us can relate to, as if to say, Yeah, we want to pray more, it's just quote unquote finding the time. And what I've seen is that we don't need to find the time, we need to fight for the time.
0: Yes, we do, you know, and yes, we do, because
1: as you're saying, Karen, uh, there is a battle that's going on, and the battle, uh, is not always very obvious, right? The enemy doesn't show up as the cartoon character with the top hat and the pitchfork and the long tail. Oh no. No, no. He shows up in our, our temptations, he shows up in deception, he shows up in our darkness and discouragement. But his greatest success is to help us think that he doesn't exist.
0: Oh, absolutely. So
1: how as Christians, uh Karen, how as Christians do we continue to not only fight the battle in prayer, but fight the battle to get into prayer? Do you know what I mean? What have you seen even in your own personal life? Like, Miss Claire recommends finding a war room and putting up scriptures on the wall and praying for people and having that visual, visual reminder. Have you seen anything in your life that helped you find that time so you could fight your battles in prayer?
0: Oh, oh uh, absolutely. And it, it, it was putting God on the mantle of my heart, Amen. giving him the first fruits of my time. Um, Before I got involved in War Room, I thought I was quite the the prayer warrior. (laughs) And as I prepared to uh, uh, build this character, Miss Clara, and uh, the complexities and uh, just going deeper than I'd ever gone before, I realized that all the time I thought I was quite the prayer warrior, I was just scratching the surface. But um, my life since War Room has changed considerably, uh, as a as a as a woman, as a wife, as a friend. Yeah, it's made a great impact on me. Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: And and I can verify that even as a pastor. You know, when people come up to me and say, "Well," and this doesn't happen often, but pastor, good message, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but t- I and I say this in all honesty. And, and I think, Karen, you can r- relate to this. I'm preaching to myself oh, yes. before I preach yes. to anybody else. Yes. I mean, the word that the Lord has given me through his word is first and foremost convicting of me. You know, so I can only imagine to see yourself on the screen. Right. And to think, wow. Yes, I need to uh, be convicted not only by the words I'm saying, but for you as an actor oh goodness, yes. living out what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's take a look at the next clip, shall we? So as we move along in the movie, we're going to see that um, Miss Clara, uh, thank God, she did open her mouth, and she did, in boldness, love Elizabeth well, that she is going to be more and more involved, not only in Elizabeth's life, but in the life of her marriage. So let's take a look at this next clip and see what we can learn from it, and then, of course, what observation Karen has.
0: Well, good morning.
2: Her heart is just breaking, and I was completely unaware. Tony, he's completely unaware. That man is running out of time, Miss Clara. He's off in his own world being top salesman somewhere while his daughter is growing more and more callous to him every day. He shows no interest in anybody but himself. And another thing, I don't have proof of this, but if he's not getting it from me, he's got to be getting it from somebody. He makes all these little flirtatious comments to other women that just
0: Just so I know, How much of the one hour we got together today are you gonna spend whining about your husband? And how much we gonna spend on what the Lord can do about it? I'm sorry, Miss Clara. I just
2: get so wound up the more I think about it. Your thoughts about your husband
0: are almost entirely negative, aren't they? He acts like an enemy to me. See, you're fighting the wrong enemy. Now, your husband certainly has his issues, but he's not your enemy. When I fought against my husband, I was fighting against my own marriage and my family. Now, I tried for years to fix Leo, but I couldn't do it. Well, I haven't got anywhere with Tony. Because it's not your job. Who said that it was your responsibility to fix Tony? It's your job to love him, to respect him, and to pray for the man. God knows he needs it. And men don't like it when their women's always trying to fix them? Elizabeth, you got to plead with God so that he can do what only he can do. And then you got to get out of the way and let him do it. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. You will find some of my favorite scriptures in here. They were my battle plan to pray for my family. You can start with that. Are you okay? Yes, what do you need? Why are you eating chips in the
1: closet?
2: I'm just having some private time, okay?
1: Okay. Um, Jennifer wanted to know if I could spend
0: the night. I already did my chores, and it's okay with your parents.
2: Okay, but I want you home by lunch tomorrow, okay? Yes, ma'am. Danielle. Don't tell anybody I was eating chips in this closet. Don't tell anyone my mom was eating chips in the closet, okay? Who are you talking to? Jennifer. Jennifer?
0: Yes, ma'am.
2: I'm asking you not to tell anybody I was eating chips in my closet. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) What's that smell? That would be my shoes, Jennifer. And if you girls would kindly shut the door, you won't have to smell it anymore. Is she not allowed to eat chips? I can have all the chips I want. This is my house.
1: I can have all the chips I want. What I love about this scene is that we see Elizabeth uh, under the mentoring of Miss Clara. Try to start your own war room. And uh, and hopefully as you leave here tonight, some of you are going to be encouraged to find that space, find that time, and to make your own life or find a space, a closet to start your own prayer closet, your own war room. But I like it because this is us, right? Yes. We start out with great expectations. We're going to start our prayer room, our, our war room, and then we end up discouraged, sad, eating Sprite and chips and the kids look at us like we're losing our minds. So um, I want you to be encouraged by Elizabeth. Now, you are going to see some transformation and fruit eventually. But Miss Clara Karen, I should say, I'm going to try to stay on Karen. Um, what I really like about that clip also is what she says to Elizabeth and says, it's not your job to fix your husband. That's so important. Do you want to speak to any, either that truth or anything that we saw in that clip?
0: uh that one there we we uh, and and women we we we're fixers it it's It's part of the way that we have been uh designed, yeah, we can do a lot of things. I mean, we can talk on the phone, we can breastfeed the baby, we can stir a pot with our foot, and we can walk the dog uh, you know all, uh, all at the same time and and um we we're, we're fixers and uh so sometimes for us it's hard for us to just really really let go and let god and um men it can be very difficult for you to feel i I don't know to 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 yield to 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 be vulnerable Amen. and let go and let God because God has designed you in a certain way where you're gonna fix it, you're a fixer, you're the protector, you're the head of the family, you're gonna take charge, but see we all uh serve or are meant to serve under uh the lord Amen. Yeah. Amen. yeah and 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 so being flesh, it, it it can be very difficult for us, but um, it's practice that uh, starts to allow those muscles, the yielding muscles, to work the way that they should, so that we allow God His space, His place, and then we're here where we belong. Amen. You know.
1: Yeah. Praise God. And and I think that's whether whether male or female, husband or wife. Mm. You know, any relationship, if there's someone impeding your own personal happiness, you're going to try and fix that person. And what we need to remember is that there is really only one Savior, and it's not me, and it's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's, thank God, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus. So when we try to fix people without trying to pray for people first, let's be honest. Yes. Like you said, Karen, we are asking Jesus to get off the throne so we can ascend to it and pretend like we're the savior when we aren't we never have been and we never will be right so that's why if we really want to see that person fixed i think this movie's powerful because show me how much you want to fix that person by how much you're praying for that person that's good amen i mean by the, by the amount of prayers you are praying for that person really shows who you think the Savior truly is. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise Mm -hmm. God. So, Karen, also, uh, as you mentioned earlier, seeing this movie and then seeing the war room, it's convicted you even as a believer in Christ. Um, What do you recommend for people as we see here? She talks about fighting the battles in prayer. So we, we talked a little bit about spiritual warfare, but what is a good principle as we're entering into prayer how do we direct our prayers to the Father, but also how do we direct our prayers to this battle that we're in? What works for you?
0: What works for me, uh, as soon as my eyes open, I give thanks to God. I, I, I give him thanks for this breath that he's given me. Thank him for what he has for me in this day, the lessons, the gifts, the blessings, and um only after I give him thanks do I begin to just lay uh, my 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 needs before him you know I acknowledge him first and then I I, I lay my uh, burdens down you know and um, it it just opens up the space and sometimes I go and I don't I, I, I can't even mouth. I can't even put words to my need. You know, sometimes it's just groaning, just tears. Yeah. And I just sit there and allow him to minister to me. But it's just like anything else, working out. Uh, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And, and, and the more you do it, the sweeter uh, it is. And then you really desire more and more and more and more time in his presence.
1: Praise God. And it is
0: strategy. It's strategy. It's strategy. It's strategy.
1: strategy. Amen. I always remind our people here uh, of the narrative and the historical um, uh, revelation of Genesis. So -hmm. God creates everything good, Genesis Mm -hmm. chapter 1. He has the first wedding, the first marriage in Genesis chapter 2, and then we go from a wedding in Genesis chapter 2 to a war in Genesis chapter 3. The enemy waited until Adam was with Eve until he attacked. That's not by accident. We need to remember that. So Elizabeth, in this story, thinks Tony's her enemy. I hope you remember, as you saw in the movie, that the enemy wants us to think that we're each other's enemy. And when we do... He's already won, but God can redeem that battle and give us the victory in Christ. Amen? Amen. So remember who the true enemy is. Let's watch this next clip. This is um, a really powerful clip. We're going to jump forward in the movie and talk about the nature of the gospel and the forgiveness of Christ. Because Miss Claire is about to ask Elizabeth to do something very, very important that we encourage everybody to think about as well. Let's take a look.
2: I'm sorry. Just thought I should call Tony. I understand. You'd think you'd be more alarmed. He just kept saying that since we were all OK, I should just calm down. I'm
0: having trouble calming down myself. Really? You seemed calm
2: earlier. Yeah,
0: but I got a huge sugar rush from all that ice cream. Yeah, I feel like I could run around a block of feet <laughs> down. Oh, uh, while we on the subject of Tony, I have something for you to do. What's that? I want you to write down everything that you can think of that he's done wrong. Miss Clara, if I did that, I'd be writing a long time. Well, then just write down the highlights, and I'll be back to check on you in a little while. Oh, that's almost three pages. And I could write more, but you'll get the gist of it when you read it. Actually, I'm not going to read it. My question to you is this. In light of all these wrongs, does God still love Tony?
2: We both know he does. Do you? (laughs) Now, Miss Clara, you're meddling. (laughs) There's love in my heart for Tony, but it's just buried under a lot of frustration. So he needs grace. Grace? I don't know that he deserves grace.
0: Do you deserve grace?
2: Miss Clare, you have a habit of
0: backing me up in a corner and making me squirm. I felt the same way. But the question still remains, do you deserve grace? The Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. For we have all sinned. So really, none of us deserve grace. But we all still want God's forgiveness. Elizabeth, it comes down to this. Jesus shed his blood on the cross. He died for you, even when you did not deserve it. And he rose from the grave and offers forgiveness and salvation for anyone who turns to him. But the Bible also says that we can't ask him to forgive us while refusing to forgive others. I know, Miss Clara, but that's just so hard to do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But that's where grace comes in. He gives us grace, and he helps us to give it to others, even when they don't deserve it. We all deserve judgment. And that is what a holy God gives us when we don't repent and believe in his son. I had to forgive Leo for some things. And it wasn't easy, but it freed me. Elizabeth, there's not room for you and God on the throne of your heart. It's either him or it's you. You need to step down. Now, if you want victory, you're gonna have to first surrender. But Miss Clara, do I just back off and choose to forgive and then just let him walk all over me? God is a good defense attorney. Trust it to him. And then you can turn your focus to the real enemy. The real enemy? The one that wants to remain hidden. The one that wants to distract you and deceive you and divide you from the Lord and your husband. You see, that's how it works. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy and he is stealing your joy. He is killing your faith and he's trying to destroy your family. If I were you, I would get my heart right do your fighting in prayer. And you need to kick the real enemy out of your home with the word of God. It's time for you to fight, Elizabeth. It's time for you to fight for your marriage. It's time for you to fight the real enemy. It's time for you to take off the gloves and do it. There's no magic in the location you pray, but scripture does say to go into your inner room and pray in secret. And your heavenly father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Now get rid of any distractions and focus your heart and mind on him. Acknowledge that he is God and that you desperately need him. Now be grateful for your blessings but lift your needs and requests to him. If you've got something to confess, then confess it. Ask him for forgiveness. Then choose to believe him when he says that he loves you and will take care of you. Then pray for the heart of your husband, your daughter, and anyone else that the Lord brings to your mind. And don't rush it. You take your time and then you listen.
1: Man, Praise God. What we see is a change in Elizabeth's character. And if I can guess, it's probably the change that we saw in a lot of our lives as well. In our worship, but also in our relationships. And that's the good news, the grace, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Not only received, but then given. Right, Karen? So what does... The gospel, grace, and forgiveness—why is that so central, not only to a fictitious character like Elizabeth, but so rooted in Scripture and so essential
0: for our uh, Christian lives? The gospel is the living word of God. It is food. It is instruction. It is love. It is all that we need to be victorious. We've we've already been given the victory but we need it to live victoriously. And uh, grace, every day is grace. Every breath is grace. And uh, we go from second to second in grace. Uh, Forgiveness is grace. Another chance is grace. And for the... uh, the grace of God, here go I. Um, forgiveness is so important and sometimes the hardest thing to do, uh, to forgive the perpetrator uh, who has hurt you or even to forgive yourself. But the thing with forgiveness is, and, and, and the Father says that you have to um, repent and ask for forgiveness. And then it opens up the playing field it opens up a door for him to come through and pour all that he has for you all that he has purposed for you on you when we don't forgive we stay blocked up and we keep praying we keep praying and and many times to no avail because he can't get it through to us because we're so filled up with unforgiveness when you forgive it's not that you're you're saying okay Uh, about the situation whatever happened uh, you know with you and the perpetrator it does but it's saying that you let go you you separate yourself from that you are an eagle or a hawk and you've got these incredible mighty wings that God has given you to soar but when you don't forgive It's like a hawk in training. You've got that leather cord around. They call it tether. So you flap those wings trying to go somewhere, trying to do something new, trying to reach a certain place, and you can't take off because you are tied to that unforgiveness. You have to clip it, receive the forgiveness. Just clip it. Let the perpetrator go. Separate yourself from that and see what happens. And then you are, you are completely open to receive all that your Heavenly Father wants to give you. Amen. Yeah.
1: Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I think what we saw in the last clip is that we have to re- remember that we're not the Savior. We're not we the are, fixer. No. And then in this clip, remember, we're not the judge. Mm-mm. So I, I think what's so brilliant about that scene is that she's writing down all of these sins that her husband has done. And three pages came pretty easy, and she probably could have written more. If we were going to do this, church, even in our relationships, in our marriage, how quickly and how many pages would we write? But then to remember how many pages of my sin—not just pages, books, Novels, libraries, Encyclopaedia
2: Britannica's—Wikipedia
1: <laughs> doesn't have anything on that. And then Christ truly has forgiven. So, Karen, I think you're absolutely right. When people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know why, but I'm just not feeling any kind of joy in my prayer. I'm not feeling any kind of sweetness or intimacy or power. Well, it could be sin, but we tend to forget. It could be bitterness, too. So let's choose grace and allow grace and forgiveness to flow through us even as Christ has forgiven us. Amen? Amen. All right, what we want to do right now is we have a couple more minutes with, uh, with Karen, but I want to tell you how uh, faithful uh, this sister in Christ is. So she flew all the way from North Carolina. She's staying here. She didn't ask for one penny of compensation. She didn't ask, and if you get to know other speakers, other Bible teachers, other personalities in the Christian world, and it's fine, but they have no problem asking. Karen has not Karen came here absolutely for free on her own generosity which is an amazing testimony to the heart that the Lord has given her so I'm going to ask you tonight if I can invite our deacons to come forward would you pray as we watch this next clip would you pray about how you can support Karen and how you could bless her tonight for coming all the way to Colts Neck New Jersey to encourage you Would you consider giving her a gift? Because she hasn't asked for anything from us. And we want her to go home, back to her church, her family, knowing that she's loved and she's blessed our lives. Amen? Amen. So this is Ralph and uh, JR. They're going to take care of you. And as they are serving you, we're going to take a look at this next clip. Come and get this card, Danielle.
0: Tony, I'm sorry about this. It's not your fault, right? Listen, I need you to sign it we came for the car and clean out any items that belong to you.
1: Yep. Already did.
0: You're a talented guy, Tony. I'm sorry to see this happen. And take care. Why are they taking Daddy's car? We'll talk about it later,
2: baby, okay? Listen, why don't you go inside and knock out some chores before lunch? all right? okay. I picked up a couple more houses to sell this morning. Asked Mandy to give me everything she could for the next couple months.
0: That's good, Liz. Can we talk?
2: Sure. I just don't understand why you treat me this way.
0: When I told you what happened with my job, I expected you to hit the ceiling there. So in my mind, I was ready to defend myself. Except this time, I came.
1: And I hate saying
0: this, but I deserve to get fired. I was deceiving them. And I was deceiving you. I almost cheated on you, Liz. Thought about it. I almost did it, but you know all this, and you're still here. <laughs> then I see your
1: closet, and the way you're praying for me.
0: Why would you do that? when you see the
1: type of man I become.
2: Because I'm not done with us. I will fight for our marriage. But I've learned that my contentment can't come from you. Tony, I love you. But I am his before I'm yours. And because I love Jesus, I'm staying right here. I'm sorry, Liz. I ask God
0: to forgive me. I need you to forgive me. I don't want you to quit on me, Liz. I
2: will. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) And,
0: And this just happened now? He did? Well, what did he say? Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh. See, I told you, Elizabeth. I told you that God would fight for you. Oh, Jesus. All right, baby, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> oh! Faith And my God is powerful. And my God is in charge. You can't fire him and he'll never retire. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. My God is good. My God is good. And...
1: Amen. So, If you haven't seen the movie, we haven't shown much about Tony. Tony is a successful pharmacist. And on the outside, he is successful, he's handsome, he's a great athlete, and he has nothing but bitterness and anger towards his wife. So the whole beginning of the movie is him pointing fingers, him yelling, him not listening, him definitely not loving. So for him to start out the movie like this and then to end on his knees confessing, his sin with tears shows the power of prayer. Um, and I think it's important that we, we talk about this issue of transformation through prayer, but also confessing our sins, not only to God, but sometimes God calls us to confess to each other. There was a lot in that clip, Karen. Um, what do you think touches people so much? And is there anything you would like to expound on what we just saw?
0: I, I think uh, that what touched people, uh, many probably, if they haven't personally gone through this, they know someone who has. And then to see it up here and to see the transformation and just to hear that God has his, he's, he's got you covered and, and, and he will provide everything you need in every situation in your life Oh my God, that that is powerful. It is. It is. It's uh, life changing. It's. uh, It is. It is. It is. It is grace. (laughs) And grace. Yeah. Amen.
1: Yeah. Amen. I think it's so uh, important to remember what the Bible says is that we should confess our sins, and as I often tell our people here, is yeah we confess our we confess sins. We just never confess our own sins, right? We always confess our husbands, our wives, our neighbors, our churches, our pastors' sins. This is really, really foundational and important because what you just saw in the movie can, and let's be honest, probably should happen in a lot of our relationships. Confession means we have been humbled by the grace of God, that we realize we are sinners. Beginning of the movie, Tony didn't admit to anything. Now at the end, he is fired because he was cheating, almost cheating on his wife, cheating at work, stealing money from his company. He's lost everything that his identity right. was found in. Amen? Mm-hmm. But at the end, I think he's regained everything that matters. Yeah. And that's his relationship with the Lord. And that's also his relationship and his love and his intimacy with his wife. So, Karen, a couple last thoughts. What would you do and what would you say to encourage people here in their prayer lives, in their prayer walks in general? What's the importance of finding a personal prayer time, whether it is a closet or a war room, not only in their growth and love and devotion to Jesus Christ, but also to see marriages reconciled and to see lives changed? What would you say?
0: We have to strip down. We have to take off all of the unnecessary, the garbage, the this, the that, uh, he said, she said, he did, she did, and and get to the heart of the matter. Um, he who the sun sets free is free indeed, but you've got to call it what it is. Repent. Give it to the capable hands of God, Jesus, and then allow uh, that truth and everything that God has for you, allow for it to minister to you. So, uh, yeah, just open up and, and, and let God and, and be willing to go the extra mile. Jesus did it for us. And see, see what happens in your family. See what happens in your relationships. Give him, you, yeah, I love that verse. Uh, Taste and see that he is mm-mm good. mm good. <laughs> Give him an opportunity and take a big, big bite. And just see the nutrition that you receive from all that he has for you. You know, he loved you into existence. Uh, quickly, everybody in this room, you understand biology. you old enough, a man, a woman, little sperm, little eggs. And then in that act, there, well, how many sperm? I don't know, thousand. I'm-,
1: <laughs> I'm a pastor. But you're pretty man. sure they didn't teach that in seminary. I didn't uh, must have slept
2: through that seminary. one.
0: Uh, but, but, but thousands and thousands of sperm fly, and, and then uh, many eggs trying to drop. But see, there is a, a period of time when I, I think that time is uh, suspended, and that is when God steps up and he says. I choose you I choose you I choose you I choose you this room is filled with the chosen ones you're all chosen you are his decision and If you you just step back and let go and really honestly step up and give him the mantle of your heart, everything will change. This room will change. This town, this city, your families. There are enough people in here. When you're working on all cylinders, you can change the world with just the people here but you've got to let go, get out of his way and receive all that he has for you and, and, and see the difference that it will make. Prodigal sons, prodigal daughters coming home. Cold hearts changing, all of these things he wants to give to you, but we've got to make way for him and let him have his way. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. No one can love you more than he loves you. We can't even begin to handle the, 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 the weight of that pure, awesome love. But he wants to just continuously pour it on you, pour it on you, pour it on you. So we just have to make ourselves available to him and see what happens, see what really happens. Give him, give it, yield.
1: Praise God. It's that simple, right? So here's the invitation before we watch this last clip. It's probably my favorite clip in the whole movie, and I'm going to ask Karen to pray for us, is to remember church. It's one thing to come to church. It's one thing to watch a movie. It's also one thing to hear Karen share her testimony. It's another thing to take what you've learned and put it into practice. Because here's what I've seen in my own life, and here's what i also seen as a pastor, is that we're trying everything else. Right? We're trying to win that battle on our own strength. We're going to psychologists. We're going to medicine. We're going to our friends. And we're tempted to go to people that we shouldn't go to. You know know what I'm talking about. Why not? As Karen just said, take it to the Lord first. You've seen how nothing else works, right? First and foremost, try it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's take a look at this last clip, and then Karen will close us in prayer.
0: done it again, Lord. You've done it again. You are good and you are mighty and you are merciful. And you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it. Praise you, Jesus. You are Lord. Give me another one, Lord. Guide me to who you want me to help. Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world. That will not compromise when under pressure. That will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord, that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle, that we may proclaim King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up.
1: So why did we do this? So that the Lord would raise them up and maybe raise you up, raise this church or your church or your family up. So what we're going to ask right now, there's going to be some practical instructions, and then Karen will close us out in prayer. Karen would love to meet you in the fellowship hall. She doesn't have that much time, so she'll be in the fellowship hall for a little while. She has some books if you're interested in some literature. She'd love to meet you in the fellowship hall, that room that we had dinner in. But here's what I'm going to ask. As Karen prays, we're going to let her walk down the center aisle, and you can meet her in the fellowship hall. And let's do the fellowship in the fellowship hall, and let's do the prayer here in the sanctuary. So if you have a couple extra minutes, if you came with somebody, if you came by yourself, would you spend a couple minutes in prayer before you go tonight? I know some of us have to go get our kids out of the uh, children's wing. But let's not just hear the movie and hear Karen's testimony, but even tonight, let's be a people of prayer. Amen? Karen, thank you again. Thank you for joining us. It's such a blessing. Praise God. Amen. Thank you.
0: Bow your heads, please. Father God, I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your healing, for your tenderness. I thank you, Father God, that we can come to you. You are our Father, that we can come to you with anything and everything, Lord God, and lay it at your feet, a safe haven, Lord God. I ask you, Father God, to touch every person in this room. May their ears be open so that they can hear you, Lord, like they've never heard you before. May their eyes be open, Lord, so that they can see you like they've never seen you before. May they be able to feel your presence, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord God, to touch their lives, Lord God, and I pray you to open the hearts so they can, can be changed, Lord God. Changed by every drop of blood that, that flowed out from that perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ. And, Lord God, I pray that it accomplishes all that you allowed that flow to flow to do, Lord God. You laid out that red carpet, allowing all of us to walk it, inviting us all to walk that red carpet. Lord, I just pray that my brothers and sisters... Leave out of here different than they came in, Lord. Knowing better how you love them, Lord. Open more than they've ever been open before, Lord. And I pray, Lord, God, that you will be magnified and glorified in every area of their lives. We thank you that we can come to you and for all that you provide for us. You are a healer. You are a protector. You are our Savior. And we thank you. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. And I thank you for this opportunity and for every soul here. Thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. So be it. Thank you, Father God. Mm. Thanks,
1: everyone, for joining us. Uh, so Karen's going to Walk down center aisle right now. If you could just let her pass through, and then she'd love to meet you in the fellowship hall. Once again, if you have a couple minutes to spend some time here in prayer, thank you so much. If you're looking for a church, uh, if you don't have a place to worship, yeah. and I want to thank Lori Wing, who has been such an amazing partner. This doesn't happen without Lori. Can we say thank you to Lori right here? Thank you, Lori.